The Big Rock's first principle works, but there are problems with the analogy. For authors, it is essential to decide what your big rocks are to avoid failure. Today, we are going to discuss what big rocks are, whether time management works, and set our path for 2022. This and more on episode 12 of Writing Pursuits. Welcome to the Writing Pursuits podcast, where authors like you discuss writing craft, author life, and book marketing strategies. I'm your host, Catherine McKee. I own Writing Pursuits and write and produce the weekly newsletter, Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors. In addition, I am a speculative fiction author. Writing Pursuits is for authors who drink too much coffee, endure judgmental looks from their furry writing companions, and struggle for words. If you are a writer seeking encouragement, information, and inspiration, this podcast is for you. Let's get to it. Hey, Writing Pursuits authors, welcome back to the podcast. To those of you who are new, I want to extend a special welcome. My name is Catrice McKee, and I'm glad you're here. Please leave a comment, a star rating, and follow the show to help others find Writing Pursuits. Before I get started today, I have a couple of announcements. I'm thrilled to let you know that Word Marker Edits is changing its name to Writing Pursuits, coming under the banner of this podcast. My weekly newsletter has changed from Word Marker Tips for Authors to Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors. This podcast is only two months old, but my writingpursuits.com website needed a complete overhaul. The new site went into production on Friday, November 12th. Please go take a look. The only thing left is putting up a new resources page, and that will be done soon. My services menu has changed. I will no longer be offering copy editing or proofreading services. Remember, copy editing is about the pugs, punctuation, usage, grammar, and spelling. Proofreading is the final step before a book goes to print and gets submitted as a digital product. Instead, I will be happy to refer authors to qualified editors. I'm concentrating on story diagnostics, substantive edits, and line edits. I am an expert at making books better up front and in polishing the prose after revisions for a better reader experience. Line editing addresses the pugs too, although I always recommend a copy edit to follow performed by someone fresh to the story. The podcast will continue. You know, I've been surprised to be approached by authors who would like to be interviewed. At this time, I am not taking applications for interviews. Instead, I'm only inviting guests who have loads of experience to provide the best value to my listeners. Important note, if you're a current or past client, you're welcome to submit your work for a line edit. New clients' manuscripts, though, will be vetted for readiness. Enough about me and about writing pursuits for now. Let's get to our topic for today. Let's be honest. The next two months are full. Full. Thanksgiving preparations are underway if you live in the United States. There's travel, gifts, Advent, Hanukkah, Christmas, Boxing Day, Kwanzaa, the ever-popular National Fruitcake Day, the day you give your fruitcakes away. We'll be here before you know it. Then New Year's Eve will arrive, and it will be 2022. Among all the hustle and bustle, take an hour or two to sip some hot chocolate and think ahead to 2022. Don't let it arrive like a surprise visit from your least favorite uncle. Get ahead of it with a short planning session. So today's title is Big Rocks for 2022, and that's kind of like cryptic. What are big rocks? 
Putting the big rocks in first is a concept made famous by Stephen Covey, who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. To be honest, I have started his book several times and never finished it. But one of the big demonstrations Covey made famous is a large clear bucket, which represents all your time. Sand, gravel, and rocks represent the least important to the most important things you need to do. In the demonstration, if you put the little things, the least important things, in first, then there's no room for the most important things, the big rocks. There are problems with the big rocks idea. The object lesson is to put the big rocks in first. The teaching then goes that there's room between the big rocks for all the smaller rocks, and then the sand can fill the smaller crevices. I disagree. There is not room in the bucket for everything you want to do. It's a great demonstration. But there's a huge problem with the analogy. The first problem is that none of us know how big the bucket is. We know we have a finite amount of time, but we don't know how much time we have. The bucket represents our life, but we don't know the final amount it holds until the end. Also, we don't have limitless energy and vitality and motivation. That energy differs from person to person. The second problem is that the empty spaces in the bucket are important too. It isn't healthy to fill all the space between the big rocks. We need margin in our lives. We need rest. We need communion. We need reflection. The big rock model implies there is time for all the big rocks and all of the sand and gravel too. You cannot have it all. Ceaseless activity is terrible for the soul. The big rocks morph into bigger rocks. Finally, the big rocks demonstration makes it seem possible to fit everything in. But the big rocks are not discrete, measurable tasks. The big rocks, the really important aspirations in your life, morph over time into bigger rocks. They grow to fill the available space. If you have children, then generally speaking, they become an enduring source of effort and emotional toil. Family represents one of the biggest big rocks, as it should. When you enter a profession, then your vocation requires you to perform a host of activities to stay relevant and to build your skills and qualifications. The same is true for authors. Your backlist grows, hopefully. There are more tasks to manage, and the industry is always changing. The big rocks are not discrete. They are continuous, ongoing parts of everyday life. Our time is finite. It is precious. We cannot manufacture more time or buy it or borrow it. We only have so much and we don't even know how much time we have left. I'm not trying to be morbid, but let's be real. Also, I want to say something that's maybe a little controversial. There is no such thing as time management. There is only task management. We have been fed this false narrative about managing time. The idea of time management is garbage. It's nonsense. You cannot manage time. You can track time and document what you did with it, but you cannot hold it still or hoard it or save it up because time is like the wind. You feel it slipping by, but you cannot keep it from moving on. What about multitasking? Multitasking is also an illusion. I'm going to be on my soapbox today. I guess you can tell. You can switch between tasks, but seriously? The multitasking term originated in the 1960s and applied to computers. But even a single CPU can only perform one task at a time. Multitasking in a machine like that is really super fast task switching. 
multi-core computers with multiple CPUs perform separate tasks simultaneously. Human multitasking, actually performing two or more tasks at a time, is not a real thing. What you're describing is task switching. You can talk to your kids while you walk in the park together, but I'm talking about work, getting tasks done. You are either filling in the spreadsheet or writing an email. You're not doing them at the same time. There is some evidence that humans can monitor many streams of stimulus at the same time, like smelling a fire, hearing shouts, sensing heat, and seeing the flames. That's why a parent suddenly notices when things get too quiet. It's a matter of survival, but I digress. You can also combine motor activities with perceptual ones, like driving a car while listening to this podcast, but add handling another device while you drive becomes dangerous because you are not multitasking, you are task switching. Some people are pretty good at task switching, but for optimal results, it is best to give all your concentration to one task until it's done or until you reach a good stopping place so you can easily switch back and forth. An example of task switching is the order taker at McDonald's who is also taking payment at the window. But how many times a day does the order taker get the orders wrong? I mean, how many times have you gotten your order wrong? We have lots of distractions. We have so many worries. We fill an incredible number of roles every day. Provider, caretaker, cook and bottle washer, parent, spouse, child, friend, professional, author, creator, and so forth. And each of our roles comes with a bunch of tasks, some necessary and some not so much. Why are we still talking about big rocks? The one part of the time bucket analogy that works is to do your best to put the big rocks first. So the less important things either fill the spaces between the big rocks or slip over the edges of the bucket and go undone. And that's okay. They weren't important anyway. The hardest part is deciding which parts of your life are the big rocks. Deciding means cutting things out of your life. By choosing to emphasize certain things as most important, you are cutting off other options. If you don't choose, then time-wasting activities and distractions will fill your days and your life. Since you cannot stop time or manage it, then you must manage your tasks. Decide which tasks or activities are necessary and most important. Divide big projects into smaller chunks. Extinguish, get rid of, unnecessary busy work. Streamline your systems. Manage the tasks. You must continuously decide what is most important to you. Is it important to you to write a book by this time next year? If so, then you have a cargo ship (laughs) full of tasks going with that decision. Plan for that time and block it out on your calendar. Just know this. Planning is essential because it sets your mind to work, but your plans will change to accommodate real life. That was a very philosophical White Tower lecture, wasn't it? I'm sorry. Circling back, I see 2022 approaching and I am making plans. 2021 was full of big changes for me, but I want to reset. My question for you is, what is your big rock as an author for 2022? I would love to know. Choose one big rock for your author life. Make it the one that is most important to you. Plug it in on your calendar. As we discussed a couple of weeks ago in episode 10, 
Find ways to reduce the friction around that time you've scheduled to spend on that project. And I'd like to suggest a couple of things for you to consider. If you're in the middle of a project, plan to finish it. If you're nearing the end of a project, look up from your work long enough to make a preliminary decision about what is next for you. If you're not working on a project, choose one to pursue. Writers write. It is my belief that authors need to have an active project going. It counts if you're planning, researching, you know, outlining, or writing down the beads. If a novel is too overwhelming for you right now, or you're fresh out of ideas, go with flash fiction or short stories. If you've been away from story writing for a long time, then write to a new prompt every day until inspiration strikes. So my question for this week is, what is your big rock as an author for 2022? It's okay to have more, and I'd love for you to share. So go to episode 12 of writingpursuits.com and leave a comment. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment and follow the podcast. If you're new around here, I hope you will sign up for the weekly newsletter, Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors. That link and all the links mentioned in today's episode are in the show notes at writingpursuits.com. Please join us on Wednesdays for new episodes and keep writing, my friends. Keep writing. Keep writing.